0: Hello, hello, and welcome to this episode of the Ready Yet podcast, where I get to have a great time talking to people who have accomplished all sorts of things and help through that discussion, help everybody learn what it took to get them to where they are. So I had a laugh this morning because I was remembering a conversation we had when I first met today's guest, Scott Nicholson, because I don't know, I don't know who is with us. But we were at a networking event at uh, Inner Circle, one of their full day events. And it was the after party. We were sitting there having a drink. And we got into this conversation about my like nerdy animal knowledge and the fact that predators' eyes are in the front of their heads and a prey's eyes are in the side of their heads. And you looked at me like I had three heads. And I just don't know why I remembered that this morning, as I was getting ready to chat with you. But that's a bit where our relationship started.
1: Yes, there is.
0: (laughs) So why don't you give everyone a more official introduction of who you are and what you do, as opposed to, I don't know why that sticks out, but there we are.
1: I'm trying to figure out how my eyes are positioned.
0: <laughs> <your> mind, right?
1: <laughs> anyway, well, thank you, Aaron. Thank you for having me today. Really appreciate this. Um, yeah, Scott Nicholson. Um, I'm the uh, owner, partner of multiple brands today. You know, my journey really kind of started in sales years ago. Um, and I had a, about a 30-year career in the collections, customer service, BPO space. Um, where I learned a great deal um, from a from a sales and just growth and managing growth perspective, um, I exited my career as president chief operating officer of a very large firm. We had over a thousand seats. Um, went through an acquisition, which taught me a lot. Dealt with private equity, which taught me a lot more. Right. And also taught me that hey, you know what? I'd love to control my own destiny at some point. <laughs> so the parachute was a really great event um, in that regard. Um, And through that process, what what I really determined is I wanted to create um, a series of companies uh, that were really meaningful and really revolved around my family and the ability for our adult children to find paths that we could support, help own and operate uh, along that journey. So today, um, we're the proud founders of KO Business Solutions, which is a Workforce management company, labor resource provider. We do everything from temp to perm staffing, recruiting, high volume based. A lot of it's focused on the call center. Um, you know, experience from prior life, uh, but we do uh, you, you know pro- assemble project teams to go in and help companies. Uh, we have our own call center that helps manage customer interactions. We typically work with our clients and augment how they work. So when they have high seasonality, as an okay. example, we'll absorb that. Um, and the final piece within KO is robotic process automation. Um, you know, kind of learned uh, through, through time that the ability to automate process and take out very redundant, um, low value work away from humans Digitize it and allow the humans to then do more value related work, you're going to get better outcomes along the way. And so that's what RPA does. And so we added that to our suite of services this year. So, from KO's perspective, um, you know, really trying to cover the gamut of the workforce. Jurassic Junk was a new endeavor that we started about uh, two and a half months ago. Totally different space, junk removal, uh, working both on a residential side as well as the commercial. And it's exactly what you think it is it's the disposal of um, personal items from, from a home. Uh, we go in, we can um, pick and, and and move, and as well as helping in decommissioning of offices and as, as companies reconfigure, upgrade, downgrade, you know, it's a really cool. good um, opportunity there. I also uh, own, uh, or I'm a part owner in uh, an HR advisory firm down in the Indianapolis market. We do quite a bit in leadership development and compliance-based work from, from that organization as well. Um, so So
0: not, yeah. So which like brings me to like 85 questions, where to start. So one of the things that I highly advise my clients around, and I think your background is just different, which allowed you to successfully do this. You can't chase two bunnies, right? You can't cross two bridges at once. You can't ride two horses with one ass. It's like, there's only so many things you can do at once. But one of the things that your story tells is if you focus on one and build it, you can add to it. Like you didn't sell off what you had and switch gears to do the next thing. You just accumulated more things and the teams to run it.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's a kind of a divide and conquer type of uh, mentality in some respects. And you know, there's, there's critical points in there where you you can determine okay stability has been met. Um, now it's time to look at that next endeavor. We, we were intentional coming into this uh, with a, with my adult children. I've had the benefit of working with them in the past, and so the whole concept was with Brianna as an example at KO Business Solutions. You know, this was she the genesis of KO came a lot from her. And, you know, it was hers to own and operate at some point. And we made that decision to vest uh, great control to her here in the course of this past year, because we got to that point. Um, Jurassic Junk is a business model that was really designed um, around my son's aspirations and interest, and looking at it from a business perspective, not necessarily what it is, but the ability to manage an area and monetize it and, and work it that way. So
0: it is, It's so true because... You have, there is a certain point where you have to put your full focus into achieving what's right in front of you. And I think the difference between what you've done and where people fall apart is you did intensive, intentional focus with data, with until we reach stabilization. It was all business decisions as opposed to when I watch... Some people try something once it didn't work. So I'm going to go over here and that didn't work. And that worked a little, but then I'm going to try something. Those are more emotional decisions right. without the data to support it.
1: Well, you know, even take like the Jurassic junk example, um, you know, that came across our desk in October of 2020. We didn't open the doors until June of 2021. And in that time period, it was exploration and understanding and, you know, and an and opportunity, quite frankly, because it was a very robust opportunity as far as the, the market share that we can actually manage. So that helped propel that decision. But there was a lot of analysis that went into that to determine it was the right thing to do.
0: And what I see all the time, and this is why I think I've been successful, because I, like you, had the business background. I had the business background so that most of my decisions, my bigger decisions, I look at the ROI, the return on the investment. I look at how long it's going to take. I look at what's out there. And too many times I watch people not do the work that should come before their work. Right. They don't do the analysis. They don't do the planning.
1: You know, I I looked at the title, right. Are you ready yet? Are ready yet? Um, And in the planning is the aspect that gets you ready. I think you can't be afraid to meet it head on um, at some point, but you've got to be prepared as well, because there's a lot of unknowns that still come along the way. But Um,
0: right. Make the plan, but don't be married to the plan.
1: Yeah. 100%. There is one other element too, you know, because, because with everything, it all revolves around sales. I have the benefit. My daughter, Shannon is, is starting her own marketing practice and, you know, she supports Laterally, all the organizations' endeavors that I have too, so it kind of takes some of that out of the equation, right? So the ability to manage multiple endeavors, but you have shared resources and common resources that all inter, intersect with the different businesses, and that makes well, a big difference.
0: And the other thing you're talking about is put the people where they work the best. Like, what's Shannon? If Shannon's genius zone is X, Y, Z, that's what she'd be focusing on
1: 100%. instead
0: of, and you know. And, and like we were talking earlier, there is a lot of phases of business where you're kind of bootstrapping it all together, and you're in a bit of a do-it-yourself mode. But the, my opinion, the faster you can get out of doing things that you shouldn't be doing in your business, the faster you'll grow.
1: Yeah. One hundred percent. You know, that's my personal challenge sometimes because I do get actively involved in each business and I have to learn to kind of okay, pull back um, and let you have a structure in place to help drive that and move it forward. You, you know, those habits have to subside at some yeah. level. So. Well,
0: and you have the addition. And this is one of the things I was interested in getting your opinion about, because you also have the addition where a lot of your key people are your family. And your children, which is just a different dynamic than even if they were just family. And I was thinking that while it's not exactly the same, a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs, when they start to need help, they do tap into their family and friends. So I'm curious what you've learned about leadership with family that is helpful because again, and I, my last corporate job when I started with them was a family run business. It was a husband and wife and their son that was running the business. And we grew into a huge company where those people were still involved, but it was no longer being run quote unquote, as a family, like, but those solopreneurs who hire their friends, it's not terribly dissimilar than a familial relationship.
1: No, that's very true. And
0: leadership can start to get tricky.
1: Yeah.
0: Because I like know your kids, so I know what you're doing <laughs> wrong, right? <laughs> They're,
1: They're afraid not afraid to, to tell you. Things,
0: they are not afraid to tell you. They're not afraid <laughs> to tell you, which is even more no, important.
1: But, no, which is actually probably a good thing. Um,
0: like what insights have you found because of your background, because of the growth, even when you had a job? From a leadership perspective, as you're building a team that would help people be able to move forward and have that work for them instead of against
1: them. Yeah, I think um, and look, I'm not perfect at it yet, but it's something that I framed everything around is manage like a boss, lead like a father, lead like a friend.
0: Oh, because,
1: like um, you know, there's core elements to that, you know, as a boss, you have to have a lot of clarity, you have to have a lot of purpose, a lot of very well-defined um, objectives, but as a leader, part of what you need to do is serve, teach, um, coach, right, so that's all very important, so I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to frame that type of philosophy here, and we've done it in the past, you know, to your point, we have hi- we hire friends and other family members, um, and it's difficult, and I think the thing that we've learned along the way is, one, be very careful <laughs> in doing right. that um, and make sure it's the right people and that they understand where those boundaries exist, and that's where the clarity aspect of things come in.
0: I hope you're enjoying this episode of the Ready Yet podcast. I know I really enjoy having conversations about who you need to be in order to reach new heights. As founder and CEO of Conquer Your Business, I work with my clients at the intersection where what they need to do to succeed meets who they need to be to do it. If you would like to have a conversation about your business, please reach out to me at Erin at ConquerYourBusiness.com. I think it's so important that clarity, you No, know, so number one, goes back to the planning. If you didn't do the planning, you're not going to have the clarity that creates a safer, more likely successful hire with a friend or family member and also because you know I used to teach communications I still have that as a big part of what I do with folks everybody goes into a situation with their own experiences their own knowledge their own interpretation which means when you say things I might come up with a completely different scenario in my head of what you actually mean and if you don't have the clarity those that's where friendships get ruined
1: yeah yeah, that's, that's so true. I, I, and I think that's why you, get, you have to be extraordinarily careful hiring friends, especially because, well, and even families, because I've seen family-based businesses implode because oh, yeah. of the, the deterioration of that relationship. So there, there has to be extreme confidence in the strength of that relationship. But boundaries and clarity with friends are extremely important. Um, and and
0: I, think knowing, the intention, I think the intention, the intention yeah. of a hire is to grow a business, not to save yeah. a person you like.
1: Yep. 100%. And it's getting burned in the past on that. And we've also had some of our greatest rewards because of it, because those are people that you would think you can inherently trust. And when it works well, you get great dedication, the devotion that you might not necessarily get from, um, uh, you know, uh, other, other resources. So there is huge benefit to it. It just has to be managed the right way.
0: So I know in your personal case, grandkids help, But how do you keep then, because I've had clients and friends who are husband and wife entrepreneur teams, lose their relationship. Kids kind of force that out of you because they're going to be the priority. And I know with grandkids, like when you're with the grandkids, I doubt you're talking about business. But how do you prevent the business from becoming the entire relationship?
1: Separate time and space is Probably the, my answer to that. Even in, back in the day, in my prior career, we all worked together at some level. I mean, the um, kids kind of started their work careers there, went on and did different things. But you know, you get together at a family dinner, and what's what 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 kind of became natural is everybody's dumping the day's garbage on the table, right. and we recognized pretty quickly that we had to create that separation, and that's pretty much carried over to today. It's hard because it does seep in. Especially but,
0: if there is an urgent matter and you're- Well, sick- yeah, you
1: have to, yeah. And you'll need to discuss it and address it. But we're pretty good about that separation. And, um, you know, our family time- b- Right, the
0: boundaries yeah. that you mentioned.
1: You just have to be really careful about it. I, just, I mean, I told a story just the other day, Brianna and I had a nice little dust up on, I want to say it was Monday. And then right after that, we had to roll into a family dinner. My parents were in town visiting and everything else. And we're sitting at the table joking and laughing about it because you just have to leave it where it is. And, um, um you know, enjoy that particular moment. So I, I think that's, that's critically important. Cause if you don't, it will uh, consume you.
0: Absolutely, and that's, that's tough. And I think a lot, I know with me in particular, as an example, um, not just hiring people I've long been associated with but a lot of my people who work with me for me become friends and you can start like not having the right boundaries the right clarity around the relationships yeah you don't get to I can only imagine like and I know your kids again, so this has probably been a long time since this has been an issue. Like, you don't always get to be in charge. Like, I know you're the dad and the boss, <laughs> no, but I highly, no. highly doubt they're letting you always be in charge. So how well, they tell me
1: all the time know? I'm not. You kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> we'll pretend you are. That's okay. That's so great.
0: Let's, <laughs> let's go back five years, seven years before they were as powerful individuals as they are now. And creating, you know, it's probably just an evolution of the relationship.
1: Yeah, it is, and anyway, it. So we talk a lot. Um, so I think that helps us a great deal. So not afraid to meet whatever those issues are head on and discuss them. And I think that's helped a lot. It's helped give confidence of a voice um, in addressing, Hey, you know, you didn't help me here. Here's the reason why, or you're not helping me here. <laughs> and so you better step it up. Um, you know, those kinds of things. So, well, and
0: I think underlying some of the things you said before, manage like a boss, but lead like a father, it goes back to the intention. And if the intention, if your are underlying intention, I say this with, for people, whether you're dealing with team members, whether you're dealing with clients, whether you're dealing with prospects, if your intention is always to build others up, you kind of can't go wrong. Right. If your intention is to control people because you're freaked out about something and you want X, Y, Z to absolutely happen, you're going to run into a problem.
1: Yeah. I think, you know, the one thing that I'm really proud of all of us is that, The thing I learned after getting knocked around a little bit early in my career, you know, you get a lead from a place of humility, and then that, that starts to drive that servant leadership mentality. And I think, to your point, you can't go wrong with that, right, as you're building something, as you would bring employees in, when they sense that. Yeah, some people don't respond to it, but they're going to fall off. And the people that do respond to it, that's the culture you create. That's the people that want to work and will stick. And um, and this day and age, especially with all the ebbs and flows and uncertainty, that's really important.
0: Well, and it just kind of leads me to the net. So I was really interested in your take on that whole leadership, but it also leads me to the next thing that I think you do well, because this is like yours and my relationship that that same approach is how I feel interpret you approaching the networking relationship you know you and i have stayed in the contact i don't know it's almost two two and a half year i don't even know yeah. and it's just that regular touch point of how are you doing and how can i help you and i don't know that we're in the types of businesses that we're gonna i'll be your client and you'll be my client but there's so many ways to help each other to support each other and it's just hey Checking on you, what's going on, being excited for the other person's accomplishment. Here's an idea. And in networking, I also see where too many people want to shortcut it. They think, and it's not that they don't want to have good relationships, but they think they have this erroneous definition of a networking relationship means within a minute of me meeting you, you either refer somebody to me or you become my client.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because um, I, I feel like, for, well, so first of all, for me, that transactional approach never works, <laughs> ever. And so I, I'll, t- I'll use you and I as an example. I think we've developed a, a friendship out of the process of just getting to know each other. And, you know, the thing that ties us together from a friendship perspective is we love ideas and we love casting visions and we get all excited about it. And there's so much energy in there. And, you know, we can talk about our shared experiences. And then from that, typically I come out with, a right? bunch of ideas, right? I, always, even,
0: right? I always know if I'm going to chat with Scott, don't make 20 minutes, don't have something right afterwards and make sure I have pen and paper. Because yeah, you just come up with listening to you talk about your ideas, help me come up with my ideas and then you answer things and yeah.
1: And so, that so relationship,
0: t- I think people underestimate the value of those relationships. One,
1: exactly, because ultimately that leads to us uh, stewarding each other to maybe the right endpoint, which could be a client or just, hey, that idea is almost as valuable as that client because right, it becomes right. something that you can take the market. It or five do.
0: clients, right? Right, exactly. exactly.
1: So to me, that's kind of the essence of networking. And you know what um, the pandemic introduced to me is one, um, the people that I forged those relationships with prior to that, we had an ability to really still maintain meaningful conversations all throughout how you, how are you surviving this? Have you tried this? Have you looked at that? Hey, there's this opportunity over here. So we became resources for each other in that yeah. respect. Right. Um, and then, you know, just the ability to find people um, in other walks of life through this, where you have similar types of um, uh, ideas and synergies that ultimately tie you together. And um, that's, that's always been my personal approach um, I would much rather become a resource for people because I know at the end of the day um, that's providing great value and something will come back um, along right. the way whether it is the idea it, whether it's business whatever it is, or just a place to dump garbage every once in a <laughs> <Right>. while
0: <laughs> don't ever <laughs> underestimate the value of needing to do that to someone who's not going to judge you exactly or, let you go, or truthfully let you go too far down the rabbit hole yeah, yeah. Like I think if you and I were chatting and that was happening, I'm like, all right, your eight minutes are up, Scott. Get, get, get it, get it <laughs>
1: up, right? yeah. Let's get that. Yeah, right. Without a doubt. So, so if
0: people want to continue these conversations with you, whether it's personal, whether it's business, um, how, what is the best way for them to get a hold of you?
1: Well, yeah, that's a great question.
0: <laughs> um, there's only like seven different, we know you're not hiding. They can find you through me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the easiest way. So, it, um, well, one, LinkedIn um, is, a, is a great tool, right, um, for that very reason. And that's how I use it, um, is to establish initial connections and get kind of in that process. Um, my access to my email. Uh so I have four different emails so I don't know which one to give but uh uh I could share that Which um, which
0: one here give me the email with the loosest junk mail spam system on it where things will actually get through to you Yeah that's great <laughs> that
1: So um I'll give you the one that has probably the least amount of traffic so serious. therefore <laughs> so
0: you'll stand but, out you'll stand yes. out when you So
1: show. so that's uh, the Jurassic junk email and it's snicholson at jurassicjunkcl.com. Perfect. Um, S
0: Nicholson at jurassicjunkcl
1: Yep, 100 <laughs> percent Um that would be a great way to start. And then from there, um, it's great to just be able to leverage conversations because that's what I love.
0: Awesome. Well thank you so much for spending time with me. This has been amazing. I'm I was excited to get your input on that whole leadership side of things because I think that's something that you guys really do well. Um, and that helps a lot of people.
1: I appreciate it, Erin. Thank you. I always enjoy our conversations.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on the Ready Yet podcast. I get so motivated by the amazing accomplishments of the remarkable people I meet, and I'm excited to be able to share some of their stories with you. You can find more episodes of Ready Yet at your favorite source for podcasts or at conqueryourbusiness.com. And if you've already decided that you are ready to become the person you need to be to achieve your big goals, feel free to reach out to find out how I can support you in your efforts or check out the work with Aaron page on the conquer your business website. I also invite you to share this podcast with anyone, you know, who loves to learn and be inspired. And if you're so inclined, I'd be absolutely grateful for any reviews you'd like to share as well. Thanks again for joining me. This has been Aaron Marcus, hopefully inspiring and helping you to go conquer your big dreams.